ஜானந்தனாசலோக்கா ச்சுருந்தோனோ ஷ்வம்புரோதுவிஜபரோனாபுத்தாரோஹேஷ்ணகருணாசிந்தோதினாபந்தூஜகபோகிஷாபிகாக்கந்தராதாக்கந்தமுஸ்துவீ ஷ்ணாமீனோரிபூரிபூலி with regard to the the chanting of the holy name which is what uh, brings us all together and i would like to say that it is uh, based on really a a uh, what may seem foreign to some and so forth based on a very uh a universal principle and one that i believe is accepted by by everyone and it's important if we can talk about our tradition in such a way or that anyone can talk about any particular tradition that they have um in such a way that that it um serves to play out if you will the implications or ramifications of universal principles rather than um merely trying to force feed uh religious or secular whatever it may be dogma in other words the we are concerned about all of us here the truth and ultimate nature of of reality and and being and so forth this is our ideal so we have not come to a a sectarian meeting of sorts but one in which universal principles are to be discussed and uh for the benefit of all and what the perhaps uh, the ramifications of them may be and in this case tonight that uh, principle is the uh the power let us say of sound first of all um I uh came across something and I managed to find a place for it in my uh forthcoming commentary on Gopal Tapani Upanishad which is a very abstract book from um antiquity and uh I was able as I say to find something from the modern society with regard to the efficacy of sound which that book speaks much about Gopal Tapani Upanishad in the in the Purva Tapani the first part of the uh text 
Upanishad, of course, means esoteric doctrine, if you will. And uh, Gopal is a name for Krishna. It means the who protects the cows. Talpani means, among other things, to shed light. So it's that esoteric doctrine which sheds light on the nature of Gopal, Krishna, which needs to be done because who is that uh, cowherd and why are people dancing and chanting his name? And uh, and there have been a number of uh, traditions that have, religious traditions that have developed uh, around his uh, glorification, volumes and volumes and volumes of books and so forth. But he appears to be, uh, at a glance, um, perhaps someone not not worthy of so much attention. Even the gods, Muyanti Atsurayo, were thinking like that at the time of his appearance. There's a nice story of how one day Krishna was wrestling with his friends which he's very uh, um, inclined to do. And um, in the midst of the match, his friend Sridham, who was quite strong, uh, pinned him to the ground. You know, one, two, three. And uh, so then he got up, and Krishna was again clapping his hands and laughing. And Sridham said, why are you clapping your hands and laughing. He says, because I won. So you don't say, well, what do you mean you won? I pin you to the ground. I had your back on the ground for three-second count. <laughs> you were down for the count. How can you say you won? He said, well, because my nose was up. And your nose was down. So whoever's nose goes down, he's a loser. Everybody knows that. <laughs> So, on the, on the basis of cleverness, I think he, he, he won the match. But in the meantime, there was a rishi. Rishi means like a sage, mystic, and they tend to live in the forest for the sake of realizing God. This is their uh, concern. So, his name was Durvas. He's a famous character that appears here and there, in and out, the divine play of Krishna. So, Durvas was sitting in the area in the forest where this took place, and he was trying to make sense out of it. He was very charmed by this Krishna, which a sage really shouldn't be char- charmed just by the playful dealings of, of a young boy. He's about concerned about more serious things than that. But he found himself charmed by the boy, and... The other, his friends as well. He thought, who are these people? And what, what is this? What is this wrestling match about? Who, who is this Krishna? And this was going through his mind. He was actually a bit bewildered. Meanwhile, Krishna saw, well, look, if you, we're having a debate who won, there's a Rishi. He must know. A wise man. So let's go ask him. So all the boys went over and Krishna said, my dear sage, uh, you're very exalted here, involved in meditation, and must be well-versed in the scriptures, So, and certainly you're unbiased, not prejudiced, and you can give a fair evaluation of what just took place, who won. And Duvas was absolutely bewildered. He didn't know what to say. He couldn't understand what was going on. He found it hard, 
charmed by that boy and trying to understand the significance of this this play it was it appeared ordinary but it was very extraordinary who were those boys how did they get in that position and who is krishna and krishna is the name in the scripture that speaks about the absolute truth the highest ideal he was dumbstruck he couldn't find anything to say so Sridham asked him, come on, speak up, say something. You're a sage, give us an opinion. Nothing. Krishna pulled on his beard. Hey, are you deaf? Sridham grabbed the other part of his beard. Are you dumb? What's wrong with you? They're pulling on his beard. <laughs> and he said, finally came out, I don't know what to say. Krishna said, oh, you're a bogus guru. Jesse, you are a bogus guru. What do you know? You don't know anything about... Uh, uh, you, you, you can't even give a, an opinion about such a simple thing. In this way, the point here, of course, is very briefly through this story that Krishna is difficult to understand, even for the gods, even for the rishis. A very extraordinary conception of the absolute. I like to say that Krishna is, is about, if we want to put it in, Words, something like the heart of divinity, the playful heart of the of the absolute. There may be the wisdom of the absolute in the form of the Buddha and Christ giving the sacrifice of the absolute, making the sacrifice and so forth. Krishna is about the playful nature of the absolute, the heart, carefree, difficult to understand. We want to be carefree. But there's a problem with that for us, trying to be carefree and just pursue whatever the senses dictate. We have to bear down with some wisdom and reasoning on that. And if we do, we realize, oh, there's some uh, there's futility in the pursuit of just sense objects in the world. It looks good, but it, it really doesn't turn out to be what it, what it seemed to be. So we have to become sober and so forth. But is there a place? This is the question. Where reasoning can bow to passion and have dignity. If reason in this world bows to passion, it loses its dignity. Do you follow me? Mm -hmm. Hmm? But is there a place, this is what Nietzsche was so concerned about, to find somehow in which where reason would, would, uh, would be... Um, really have some dignity in relation to passion. But he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't go beyond the, the, the uh, mortality to immortality. He, couldn't, he thought immortality was just, uh, just a euphemism for death. But this is the wisdom of the Upanishads that it comes to speak to us about. And in its highest reach, like I've written in Gopal Tapani, Upanishads speak about moving from mortality to immortality, but this Upanishad, Gopal Tapani, speaks about, beyond that, tasting the nectar of immortality. This is the idea of Krishna Leela, where the passion of Krishna, the love life of the Absolute, is, is, is played out. And where reason bows to that, where it is said in common English parlance, love knows no reason, that's a that's a problem for us in this world. <laughs> but is reason the end of everything? Just to be reasonable? 
is to live a very reserved life. Is there no room for, for playfulness, for freedom, beyond, beyond reason? Is it just ultimate stillness that we must come to? Uh, Krishna, this feature of the Absolute speaks to us in, in such a way as to encourage us. You want to do whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> but you can't in that condition. But I do whatever I want, whenever I want. So connect yourself with me. Make your will one with mine. Then whatever you want. You can do whatever you want then. You have, there is freedom in that. So this is something about the idea of Krishna. Difficult, as I say, to understand. But with regard to sound, in Gopal Tapani Upanishad, where the book is talking about the power of mantra, the Krishna mantra, Gopal mantra, the efficacy of that, the reach of that, the significance of that, and so forth, I found a place to insert something from the modern world uh, where, um, for example, in science, I'm talking again about a universal principle beginning with what? The power, the influence of sound, the significance of sound, uh, how it impacts our lives. We don't think about it that much, perhaps. Modern science has not uh, developed it has not, let us say, exploited sound to the extent that it's exploited other basic uh, elements, if you will, like earth and fire. Fire has been exploited. Now we live in a computerized age through electricity and so forth and, and uh, whatnot, water. But sound sound has, is, has great uh, power and potential, and in science... They have a theory now called um, the, uh, what is it called, string theory, super string theory. You might have heard of it. There's a number of these string theories, apparently. Forgive me, I'm no no physicist, uh, but um, I did read a little something about it, and uh, I liked one part where they said, if, he, if the scientist was to talk poetically about this theory, then he would say that, oh, the, the, the reality, the universe... Is more or less a song in the mind of of God. String theory is it tells us what that hmm, that everything's a vibration. Uh, the, the world is, is 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 music, and that makes so much sense. Why does it make sense that the world is music? Because the world doesn't make sense, and music doesn't have to make sense. Music is an it, it, music, poetry, song. Is an attempt to is emotion, emotive, and it's, it, it, it expresses something uh, that uh, reason can't reach. It's feeling. You can talk and reason about what an apple will taste like, but only until you taste it can you go, "Hmm, that's good." To express such uh, that, that aspect of uh, of, uh, of, of of existence, of, uh, so uh, that the world is, uh, if you will, if the universe is music, that makes sense because, as I say, the world doesn't really make sense. I like to say it in this way, that the way in which life really moves forward is mystical in that by giving, you get. That does not make sense. That's not reasonable that you, by giving, you will get, but it's everyone's experience. 
And as I've said before, you cannot talk about what you give, what, what you, excuse me, what you get. You cannot talk about what you get from giving comprehensively or you, you, you just, as much as you can, you can talk about it. And the excitement of your experience from getting is what conveys, is what's con contagious and conveys something about it to the, the, the person whom you're trying to convince and then they must give also in order to have the experience of getting, to have ultimately the experience that giving is the getting, giving is, is the goal. So life is about love and love it, it, it transcends sense and reasoning so to say, in scientific uh, terminology, in a very sophisticated way, uh, physical, what is it, a physics theory or something like that? Quantum theory, that life is, the universe is music. There was, that was music to my ears to hear that. So the point is, I'm making, in a roundabout way, if you will, <laughs> is that sound is, uh, uh, has great power. So this is, this is a... a it really is a universally accepted. And, and within that, also, interestingly enough, the, the Vedas, of course, the, the, the ancient Upanishadic texts and so forth, say that the world comes from sound. They say it's also that it's all about sound, that it's music. In fact, the very flute of Krishna, that is his constant companion, is said to be the source of the world, of our experience. It comes out of that. What kind of flute is that? I think <laughs> this is what Durvas was bewildered. <laughs> Looked like an ordinary flute, but what does that sound? So while uh, it's uh, again, this is not some dogma that sound has power and that uh, this is universally accepted. And then within a religious context, I think it's universally accepted that the that the name of God has some inherent sacredness within it. Whether it be in Christian faith, they say, what, call on the name of Jesus and you will be saved, or in the uh, Jewish faith, I think the name of God is too sacred to speak. It's too holy to, to say. Uh, in his Islamic faith, they also have some beads and they chant so many 88 names of Allah, 99 names of Allah, something like that. So. It's uh, and, and even in a secular sense, name has power. So, you, did you get his name? You say, did you get his name? Don't give him your name. <laughs> Nowadays, it's it's been transformed into you're more of a number. Don't give him your social security number. Why? Because if they get that, if they get your name, if they get your social security number, then they get you, right? You see, so this is uh, this is what this is the principle, if you will, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to exploit. Universal principle. In his teaching, Nam Dharma, a, a religion of the name of God, he reasoned, well, everyone accepts this principle. So let me take it to to the extreme. What 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 are the implications of that? So he created a whole theology about the name. And of course, the long and short of it is just like, don't give them your name or they'll be able to control your life. If you get Krishna Nam, you can control Krishna. 
If you get the name of God, if you know the name of God, you can conquer God. You can capture God. Now, what does it mean to know the, know the name of God? We don't mean just, I know his name, his name, no. I know his name, but do you know his name? This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach. What is the power of the name? What is in that name? How to draw that out? He said, in the name of God, all the Shakti, the power of God is present. And Namnamakar, he had many names. All the power is there. But analyzing very carefully, he came to this Krishna Nam, this name Krishna. He said, oh, this is the most perfect name. Again, this is about the heart of God. In that sense, perfect. If you want to talk about different aspects of the Absolute, then we can talk about it. This is the intelligence of God and the... Even the sacrificing tendency of God, which I've identified is very simply with Christianity, that's from the heart too. That's getting to the heart. But now the, the playful heart, uh, the, the sacrificing is a, is a kind of t- particular exercise of the heart for a purpose. The playful heart of God, of the Absolute. This is what the Krishna Nam is about. So he placed emphasis on this Krishna Nam. Krishna Nam, Nama Chintamani, Krishna Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha. Nama Chintamani, he said. Chintamani means touchstone. It's the philosopher's stone. It said if you touch that stone to iron, it will turn to gold. It's a wish-fulfilling stone. This uh, this term is employed uh, considerably in the Nam uh, Dharma, or the theology of, of the name, the religion of the name of inaugurated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It means from Krishna Nam you can get whatever you want. You can get whatever you want. It means you can be fulfilled. We all want the same thing. We think, wow, I want this. He wants that. We can all get What we want is to be happy. This is what everyone wants. We are joy-seeking by nature. And we think we'll get it from this, that, that, by adding things, for example, onto our life, we'll become happy. Material acquisition. Or by knowledge, we'll become happy. Whatever we think, we'll get happiness from. The case may be, other, we, may, we may, by adding things onto our life, we may be making ourselves more unhappy. This samsara, material world, is compared to uh, a fire. The desire is, is, is fueling that. We're burning up. Burning up in that. It's not by adding things onto our life that we'll become happy, but by letting go of so many, the clutter that we've added to our life that we can find fulfillment. We can find that means uncover ourselves. We're a unit of happiness. But we are like a precious jewel covered by a mountain of ignorance. And ignorance has us pursuing, in the name of enduring happiness, things that don't endure. Is that reasonable? That I will get enduring happiness by chasing after things that don't endure? No. Reasonable. So how by not nam chintamani? How you'll get you'll get at whatever you want? This is a little tricky. The idea is we all want happiness. <laughs> 
we're all looking for it in the wrong place. From Nam you will get what you really want. It is said in the land where the Nam of Krishna is, is fully manifest as Krishna himself in his, in his divine play. The trees fulfill everyone's desire. You can get whatever fruit you want. The cows give from their udder whatever you want. So we think, let's go there. Wow, we'll do whatever we want. But the wonderful thing is that the people who live there, they don't want anything. I don't want anything. That means fulfilled, right? That means happy. So we have to empty our, we have to stop doing things that are fueling the, the, the flames of material existence. Hmm? This is common sense. And in the course of doing that, uh, invoke the name of Krishna. This name of Krishna, it, it is said, I was reading in Lochan Dastakur's Chaitanya Mangal, he said that God comes in Dwapar Yuga, the previous time period, and in Kali Yuga in a black form. I thought, what is he talking about? So I had to think about it for some time. I came to the conclusion, Krishna, of course, is black. Krishna means black, in a, one of the meanings of Krishna. So Krishna comes in the previous yuga, Dwapara yuga, he's black. So Krishna comes in Kali Yuga as black, means he comes as his name. Because the name and named are the same. You follow me? Everyone knows Krishna Nam is in, in, in terms of Hinduism, for example, is the Dharma of this age of Kali Yuga. To get together and congregationally sing a chant. This is also a principle that in this time in which we live is uh, universally accepted. That means to say, if, even if you have a secular purpose, take to the streets. Isn't it? It goes on. What happened in Eastern Europe, they all just took to the streets at some point. And that was it. Everything folded. Wall went down. Taking to the streets, mass congregation with, with placards and signs and banging on symbols and making noise, calling somebody's name or whatever it may be. This has great power in the times in which we live. So to come together for such a cause as realizing the very purpose of our existence and singing God's name. This is what Mahaprabhu came to inaugurate. Congregational chanting of the name of Krishna. Namasankirtan. So, name came. That means in Kali Yuga, the name has come. It is said some places that in Kali Yuga, in the age in which we live, there is no avatar of Krishna. But in Bhagavad Gita, what does it say? Yada, yada, ki dharmasya, glanir bhavati bharata, abhutanam adharmasya taratmanam sujamiham. What is it? What was the beginning of that? Sambhavami juge juge. Yuga yuga. Yuga means yuga after yuga. So in the Gita, Krishna says, I come every yuga. Yuga after yuga. So he comes as his name because say, oh, he's come as his name. That's true. But the name is black, dark. But Mahaprabhu, Sri Krishna, who is Sri Krishna, coming in a golden form, it means he came as, Krishna came disguised as a devotee of himself. And being effulgent and golden, he shed light on the dark name of Krishna. What is the significance of that? This is his Nam Dharma. 
Krishna himself came as a name, and then Krishna himself came as disguised as a devotee of himself to teach about the significance of that name. This is important. Because again, we can say, oh, I know the name of God, it's Krishna, or it's Jehovah, or it's Allah. But wait a minute, no, you don't know, and you don't know how to take advantage of that. So God himself has come to teach about how to take advantage of his name. It means Mahabharu Sri Krishna Chaitanya brought Krishna Nam in a way oh, that never before he sang in abandon the name of God and tears poured from his eyes like a fire hydrant. And his hair stood on end and he swooned and fell in ecstasy and got up and fell and got up and fell again. And soon people were watching this. What What is the effect of Krishna Nam? What is this? How is he, what is he drawing from that? And they began to write books about that, the significance of that. They began to, to locate that with, within the context of the scriptural canon. What is the significance of that? And this way, through his ecstasy, he began to, a, 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 a system, a um, institutionalization in the form of literature of that ecstasy, Began. This is the grunt of the, the books of the Goswamis. What is Krishna Nam? And in, in, a, in, a, in a, a system of handing it down. This is called parampara. And in other words, this name of Krishna is Krishna himself. It comes from the heart of a Vaishnava, a devotee. Mahaprabhu is Krishna. He appeared as a devotee. In his heart, the name of Krishna was was. Uh, fully manifest, dancing in his heart. It said by Rupa Goswami, when the name of Krishna, these two syllables, entered the heart and dance in the courtyard there, wouldn't become paralyzed in terms of being able to do anything else. It has such power. Dancing in the heart of the Vaishnava, this name is so kind. Actually, Krishna and Krishna Nam, they're non-different, but there's one difference. The name of Krishna is more merciful than Krishna. Krishna is, where is Krishna? Like I say, he doesn't come in Kali Yuga, only come, but he comes as his name. And what does he do as his name? He goes in your heart as a sweeper. And after sweeping the heart clean, then he rests there. Tomar Hridaye Sada Govindo Vishram. Narottam says, He rests there in your heart after being taken the role of the sweeper. And how he got there? From the heart of a sadhu, a Vaishnava, where he had taken up his residence. You see? You understand what I'm saying? This is, this is Guru Parampara. The name manifests fully in the heart. After it's fully cleansed, he takes his seat there. And makes that person go mad. Rising from his heart, Krishna Nam comes onto his tongue. Rupa Goswami says, What nectar is in these two syllables? Krishna. I cannot say. I need. I have a problem. What is that? I have one tongue and two ears and I cannot do justice to these two syllables. I need thousands of tongues and thousands of ears to do justice to this one sound. Krishna. Krishna what it is doing to me. When this happens, Krishna Nam comes and dances on the tongue of that Vaishnava. And dancing on the tongue 
It enters our hearts through our ears and brings to our eyes tears <laughs> and tears fall below and soften the ground that others can follow in our footprints. This is Guru Parampara. Do you understand? Jaidev is sung like this. Jaidev Goswami. The nam enters the heart, comes to the tongue, goes into the ear of another, down to his heart, causes tears to flow. He begins to chant. The tears fall, make the ground soft. Wherever he walks, there's footprints. Others can follow. This is Guru Parampara. Nam has the power to do everything. We should never think otherwise. We should never think anything else is needed other than the system that Mahaprabhu was given to take advantage of the Nam. So from a great Vaishnava's heart, this Krishna Nam goes, creates some shraddha, some faith. What is that? That I think, just by chanting Krishna Nam, if I really thought about it, my life would be perfect. I kind of think, I kind of believe that, actually. I don't do much about it, but i got a suspicion that that's the case. A good association from Shraddha to Sadhusanga, associating with, with persons who feel like that and do something about it, it starts to rub off on us. We start to do something about it. We keep that company. We find our guru in that company. And following the, very uh, carefully the orders of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the parampara, he teaches us how to take advantage of that Krishna Nam. He teaches us that means the ways of saranagati, surrender. And he gives us the Krishna Mantra. Krishna Nam is already there. He may also give us Krishna Nam. He's already given, it's already awakened faith in our heart, but then he gives us some beads to chant on that he's chanted on. He calls us a das, a dasi. You are Krishna Dasi and you are Krishna Das. Take this name of Krishna and chant. Name starts to do the work of cleansing the heart, but this name you see it is, is Nityamukta, liberated. In Golok, in the play of Krishna, this name is being chanted. Nam Mantra, Hare Krishna Mantra, is all in the vocative case. Vocative case means, Oh, Krishna! Oh, Hare! Oh, Ram! Hare! Just crying out like this. Tears coming, crying out. Jumping, laughing, dancing, then crying. Then laughing and dancing and crying. And the overflow of that coming down, touching us. We think, what is that? Laughing and crying, laughing. I want to do like that. Krishna Nam, such a high thing. It's being cried out, crying out. People who know about Krishna, they're crying out like this. This crying touches us, as I'm saying. So, so we want to we want to be like that. But there's so many other things we've got our heart cluttered with, so it doesn't happen right away. Nam goes there and, be, and begins to cleanse our heart a little bit. So then we think, I should do this right. I should become serious about how to take advantage of this fully. These people are mad. I hear read about it in the scriptures. Sometimes I see them. To see that person is the, is the perfection of our life, who has Krishna Nam, who understands Krishna Nam, who chants Krishna Nam in ecstasy. To see that prakshno phalam tadvisha darshanam hi, 
Akshnufulam Tadisha Katrasanga Akshnufulam Tadisha Kirtanam He Sudulubha Bhagavata Hiloke When I look at my Guru I think like this So I've never seen anyone more beautiful This is the perfection of my eyes Akshnufalam The fruit of seeing I've realized Akshnufalam Tadisha Darshanam He And to see Him is to hear him also. The Vaishnav sees with his ears by hearing what that what that Shuddha Vaishnav says, to see my Guru, that is the perfection of my eyes. And the perfection of the touch. Akshnofalam Tadvisha Darshanamhi Gatra Palam Tadvisha Gatra Sangha to, to, to touch him, that is the perfection of touch. To associate with him, it means to get prashad from his hand, that is the perfection of life, of touch, of association. To, you know, to, to, to have intimate dealing, you take some prashad. He said, when Prabhupada told me, you take some, are you having something? You take some fruit, took from his plate, gave to me. He said, oh, these fruits in your country, they're so nice. They're not get like this in India. <laughs> <laughs> As if just a normal person, but what God has experienced, take some prashad. And he would live with that. That they have ghee and halava and puris. And he knew that. They were bringing ghee from Australia in, in big buckets of it, because in India you can always get good ghee. <laughs> and he thought, on oh, all the devotees who are attending the festival, they're getting puris cooked in ghee and halava. Hmm? My life is perfect, he thought. To receive prasad from him, and to and what is the perfection of the tongue? To speak about him, to sing about him. Who? Sudulava Bhagavata Hiloke. Very rare to find. If we find that connection in Guru Parampara, we should hang on there, we chain ourselves there, anchor ourselves there. I am not going anywhere from here. That person captures our faith. That person gives us Krishna Mantra and teaches us the ways of Saranagati. While Krishna Nam in Mahamantra is all in the vocative, as I said. We cannot cry like that and sing. But we want to be like that. So we think, I get close to that person. I make connection with, with them. This is the idea. And then he said, let me show you the ways how to come to this as a system. Now you can chant and be unhappy. Unhappy that you cannot cry like this with feeling, with love. You should cry that you cannot cry. How lucky you are to have this connection with Krishna Nam. What good fortune has come. Pramandavamite kon bhagyavan jeev guru krishna prasade bhai bhakti latodi. Wandering in the universe aimlessly. Some Vaishnavas just like, it's like, just like taking a herd of cattle and just getting in there and Stopping it, stopping it. We're stampeded by the force of our senses and mind's demands. Just stood right there, stop. I was going at a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction. Even in my spiritual pursuit as a young man, I thought, I must find God. I took a, ba a, 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 a backpack full of every book I could find about meditation 
and I went to live in, in, in Jamaica. That <laughs> was my idea. <laughs> I found there was a way that I could get there from Florida for $50, and I thought I'd live in the hills in Jamaica. I went there, and I, I went up into the hills, and I was the only white person there. And I made fruits and things, and I built a little house out of bamboo. I was meditating there, trying to meditate. Too many mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> and the rain came, wiped out my bamboo hut, and I thought, Hare Krishna, that's what I thought, actually. I said, I've seen those Krishna people. I'm going to go find them. Something about I was chanting Hare Krishna in my mind. And then to find out about Prabhupada, the guru, to hear about it, what he had, what, to see him, his picture. Like the, as even so, we are going like hundred miles an hour. Stampede of the mind, senses, mind and senses demands. Even in our pursuit of spirituality, going this way, that way, trying to figure it out with our mind. This is coming down. Another thing, another way, coming to us. Guru is finding us. We think we are finding him. Oh, real Guru has come to find, to collect us up. Come to get you. Take you home. So like that, he stopped me in my tracks. I, got, I cannot go anywhere from here. I'm here. Bags packed. As you used to say, one-way ticket. Not cutting a return ticket as you come to the feet of our guru. It's not a law. We must do it. Tasmad gurum prapadyeta jignasu shreya utamam. What is that verse? Tasmad Guru Prapadjeta Eva Bhigachet. What is that? Jignasu Shri. No, but another one. What is that? Samad Pani Shrotriyam Brahmanishtana. That is the Guru's disciple's side. Eva Bhigachet. It means must do it. Everyone, you must have a Guru. But this is not a law. It means I must. I know I must. This is good for me. I can feel it. I must take shelter here. This is my interest. If I'm to be honest, I say, yes, I... Buck stops here. It's this kind of feeling. We found our guru. Don't move from there. Don't. Nothing can budge me from there, we should think. And he will teach us then the ways of Sharanagati. We cannot cry like him, but he gives us the mantra. The mantra is in a dative case, not the vocative case. Vocative means for bhajan. Bhajan means crying. How to do bhajan? You cry for Krishna. That's all. It's very simple. But not so easy to cry. <laughs> Some of you people teach you so many things. This is the system of bhajan. You've got to learn all these terms, and it's very technical. And uh, Yeah, but... The sum and substance of you can cry for Krishna, chant Krishna Nam as bhajan, real bhajan. But to get there, you have to surrender. Sharanagati means to surrender. What does that mean? Anukulasya sankalpa patikulasya vajanam rakshikshatri vishvasvogu pritvevanam tatha. What's favorable for Krishna bhakti, you accept. What's unfavorable, you must reject. Means, mind might say it's good. But if it's not favorable for Krishna Bhakti, I reject it. Mine might say it's bad, but if it's favorable for Krishna Bhakti, I accept it. That's where you go beyond your mind. Good thing to do. 
get beyond your mind. If your mind stops for a moment, if this Krishna Nam in Kirtan will arrest your mind for a moment, you get a glimpse of what you are. Oh my God, you say. So, uh, such a thing is possible. Such feeling. All the, syst- all the spiritual systems are about, in the very basic sense, stopping the mind, controlling the mind, harnessing the mind. It is so wild. Even while you listen to me, it's flirting here and there. And, uh, even while you talk about the things like this, to, you find it tries to flirt here. And of course, but talking about that, that is, makes it difficult, doesn't it? If you do kirtan, that means talking about Krishna. Then difficult for the mind to wander. This is the teaching of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakura. Kirtana prabhave, smarana swabhave, sekale bhajana nirjan sambhava. This is teaching. You do the Krishna, Krishna, Krishna kirtan. Do Krishna kirtan. Speak about Krishna. Try it. Explain you if you learn the teaching from your Gurudev, you try to explain it to someone else. You try to do that. The more you do this, the more you do kirtan, loud kirtan of Krishna Nam, the mind becomes arrested. Kirtana Prabhavi, Smarana Swabhave. Swabhave means yourself, your nature. What is your role in Krishna Lila? What is your service in Krishna Lila? What is your place there? That will come out, will come out, come automatically on the controlled mind that is called smaranam, meditation. Like kirtan, smaranam will come automatically. Said it also by Sanatana Goswami. He says in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, if you constantly chant about Krishna, you see, the mind is very much affected by sound. Mind's business in a very basic sense is Accepting and rejecting. Sankalpa view, ikalpa. I like this, I don't like that. So that, through sound, for example, our mind constructs ideas, gives shape to ideas, and deconstructs also ideas often. He says, if you keep this uh, name of the sound of Krishna, keep vibrating the sound of Krishna, this sound influences the mind and all of the senses working senses and the, and the knowledge-gathering senses. And it, 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 it influences them in such a way that you're able to turn inward. And smarnam, which means meditation, it comes about automatically. It means the mind stops and you, can, and you can meditate. People are trying to meditate. It's not so easy, but this Krishna Nam brings automatic meditation over time. You'll find it. The mind will stop. Oh, my God. And you'll find something about yourself. You could have, it would have taken millions of lifetimes to meditate on, to, 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 to experience. So this is the power of Krishna Nam. So do Krishna Kirtan. But, Hinsharanagati means, means giving yourself fully to that. As I said, you have to accept what's favorable, reject what's unfavorable. This is Sharanagati. You have to think, Krishna is my protector. Rakshikshatiti Vishvashvo. Gopritvevaranamtata. Krishna is maintaining me. You mean, Maharaj, I would just stop my job and just chant Hare Krishna and Krishna will maintain me? Yeah, he will. But you're, you don't believe it. You don't believe it. 
So take a job. It's okay. Does it mean you have to become a, a, a monk to be a Sharanagata, a surrendered soul? Yeah? Sudama Brahman was a householder. Kulavecha Sridhar was a householder. He had a business. What was his business? His business was selling banana leaf plates. He made plates out of banana leaves. He would sell them. And what did he do? Because he don't make a lot of money selling banana leaf plates in Bengal, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but 50% of what he earned, he spent worshipping the Ganges and Krishna. Balance. He, he, he maintained himself so that he would have the energy to do that. This is a Sharanagata householder. Sharanagata. Sudama Brahman, how he lived. Brahman had a profession, did his profession. What his fun was, what his joy was, to serve the Vaishnavas, to see there's a temple built, or to see that there's a book printed, or to worship the deity. And This was his joy. This is a Sharanagata. Yes, you can be householder, and have, according to your nature, you have income and work and take care of your children and all. But the whole household is about Krishna Bhakti. What is your joy? Joy is not to, to, to go to the movie, but to go to Arctic. This is the joy. I spend my money for this. That is the joy. This is the Sharanagata, you see. We have to come gradually to that. There is joy in this, <laughs> be sure. There is great joy in this. And as you start to experience and start, the heart starts, the heart starts to become purified. You think, like, what joy is it in these things I'm doing? So many things. What happiness is that in that? I've heard these things so many times. I see other devotees are, I should get that also. I should become a Sharanagata. The Sharanagata is, of course, developed over time, but you have to put it in our heart. Anukulyasasankapa means accepting things favorable, rejecting things unfavorable. It means make a promise. It is the spirit of it. Make a vow. I, I will do only things that are favorable to bhakti. I will avoid other things. You practice at that. This means to be a Sharanagata. And to think Krishna is protecting me. Krishna will protect me in all circumstances. I don't need any other protector. It means I don't need any other process. I don't need any other type of system. I just start depending on Krishna. That, that will... That will protect me in life. And Krishna will maintain me. You know the story, yoga, what does he say? Krishna says in Gita, yoga, chemam, mahamiyaha. I will protect, I will take care of my devotee. Whatever he lacks, I, I, I will provide. The famous story, how one Brahmin householder, he went to, he was a Gita Bhakta, he liked to read Bhagavad Gita. He came to that verse, he said, Krishna says, yoga, chemam, mahamiyaha. I carry what they lack. He said, this is some kind of interpolation in the scripture. Somebody's added this word in here. Krishna, because it's a very intimate word, it says, I carry what they lack. It means Krishna comes and carries what they lack and provides it himself. He said, it should be karomi, I get it done. Through one of my energies or agents or something, I get it done. After all, Krishna's in his leela. So he scratched out the word Bahami and he wrote karomi. Yoga chemam karomiyam. This is the proper word. Then he had to go out to the marketplace to beg vegetables. The Brahmins in that society, their profession was, was begging. They would teach and speak and then they would beg. So, Wendy wasn't getting any vegetables. No one was giving. 
Then he came home empty-handed. His wife was cooking a feast. He said, what are you doing? Why are you cooking a feast? Where did you get all this Where'd you get all this food? There was an abundance of food. So I said, well, that boy came, and he gave me the, the he had a bushel of vegetables that he, he said that he was bringing here on your behalf. I said, what boy? What are you talking about? Oh, that beautiful boy. He was so charming. And why did you hit him? What are you talking about? Well, he had a scratch on his forehead. And I asked him, well, how did you, oh, please sit down. How did you scratch your forehead? So your husband did that. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? So he went in, sat down. He was well, he thought his wife was crazy. He thought he was crazy. He opened the Bhagavad Gita. And the word Karomi was crossed out. And someone had written back in, Bahami, I carry it. Then he could understand. Krishna personally came. It happened. It's possible. These things happen. You should think such thing is possible. Krishna is so disposed towards the Sharanagata, towards the surrendered devotee. I should move in this direction and make my life magical. It's so boring. <laughs> magical. But Krishna is actually in my life. For a serious devotee, Krishna is in his life. It means who's taking Krishna Nam very seriously. I guarantee you, Krishna is in your life. Accepting things favorable, rejecting things unfavorable, thinking Krishna, only Krishna is my protector, I won't look to anyone else. Krishna is my maintainer. He will take care of me. And humble, and giving up other uh, personal interests, self-interest. These are the ways of Sharanagati. We have to cultivate this. Cultivate this and chant the mantra given by our Guru. It means that this uh, Diksha mantra, that I said, Krishnaya, Govindaya, Gopijana Balabhaya. This is all in the dative case. Dative means Krishnaya, Govindaya, Gopijana Balabhaya. Swaha, I give myself to you. Surrender. That is the spirit of this mantra. This surrendering, full giving, expecting nothing in return. This spirit, I pray. When I do this, and I chant Krishna Nam, then in time, that Krishna Nam will arrest my mind entirely. And as I said, Kirtana Prabhavi, Smarana Swabhave. I come to ruchi, bhakti, very taste, and I can understand something. I have some. I have some place in the life of Krishna, in the leela of Krishna. I have some place. Let me cultivate that. Go on taking that mantra. Develop that sharabhinagati fuller. Even though just like the inhabitants of Vrindavan, they're all playing with Krishna, but they are fully surrendered. Their their sharanagati is to the extreme. Cultivate that, chant Krishnanam, who my sadhana will become perfect. My spiritual practice will be, will know perfection. I enter into 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 bhavami, enter into the emotional world that which makes the lila go round. That feels that I become a novice there in that world. The desire, Bhagavad prapti, abhilas, the desire to serve Krishna, is full in a particular way is fully awakened. Anukula vilas means like I, I want to I want to do things 
that will please Krishna in a particular way relative to my particular interest in him. There will be certain things that will be relevant for me that will please him in my role. I want to do only those things. Surat Abhilas, when I think of him as a dear friend, I have this desire, or I have him as my close associate, just, just like we are one. This is cultivated in this way. Krishna Nam now has, now we're weeping in Krishna Nam. Now he's doing real bhajan. Not in it, not in the practitioner's body, but in the spiritual body, within, internally. And crying Krishna Nam, and, and we develop real love, prem. Then as a prem bhakta, we can enter into that world. And you know what? There's no return from that place. Going there, there's no return. This is what the Upanishads say also. What does Vedanta Sutra end with? Anabrati Shabda. It means going there, there's no return because the Shabda says so. It means because the Upanishads say so. They've said this. Going there, one never returns. It also means that by sound, you will go there. By sound, the world of our experience has come into being. And by sound, you can unwind, unravel the whole thing, the world of our mind. You can unravel the whole thing and go to the homeland of the heart. And what is the sound that it all comes from? And what is the sound that it will unravel? There is Krishna. Anabrati Shabda. Anabrati Shabda. By this one sound, the whole world has come into being from Krishna, it means. And by invoking his name, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was taught, the whole world of the mind will unravel and disintegrate. And I can live in my heart, in the land of the homeland of the heart. To live in the homeland of the heart means, oh, happy life, freedom, not proceeding with caution. So try to find a home-knowing person. Find a home-going method. When such a person speaks, we know that hit home. That's true. I should accept that, embrace that. Sri Krishna Nam ki jai. Sri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Any question? Have a question. Have you ever heard the theory that um, Mahaprabhu changed the um, Mahamantra from beginning with Hari Rama to Hari Krishna in order to make it more available to people? Because in the Shruti, it's supposed to be Hari Rama, so... It, well, I read your Sangha, so I know the... the yeah, I that Sangha. Oh, that was from Sangha? Yeah. I thought you researched that one. Well, you did. No, you searched the archives. You. Okay. In no. Sangha, you said that. It was but nice. I was just trying to say that I never heard that theory before. Or I might have heard it, but I just wonder if there's any... Uh, oh, well, there's some people it. say like that, but... Um, Actually, the Upanishad, Kalisantran Upanishad, that says um, the that gives the Mahamantra, it's one of the places in Scripture that it's found. It predates, of course, the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are two editions of that that you can find. One has the Ram name first. One has the Krishna name first. So, which one is authentic? Who can say? But um, we take the one that we take that Mahaprabhu has started Mahamantra with Krishna 
Hare Krishna instead of with Hare Ram. So we take that as authentic, and it's there as a Upanishad to confirm that. So hmm. it's not this, it's not um, written twice in different ways in the same Upanishad. No. Okay. No. In Kali Santra and Upanishad, it says, "Iti sodasakam nam nam kalikalmashana ashanam Hari Krishna." So, uh, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari 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 Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. Sarva Veda, Shudashite. All the Vedas say that in the Kali Yuga, the method is chanting the name of God. Narada asked Brahma, what is the method for deliverance in Kali Yuga? He said, chanting the name of God. Narada said, which names? Brahma said, these 16 syllables. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. By singing these, and uh, uh, all the ill effects of Kali Yuga will be destroyed. Brahmanda Purana is also mentioned, Hare Krishna Mantra. Mahaprabhu chanted it that way. He's the Kali Yuga avatar, Yuga Dharma avatar, so we follow him. But there are different... Some, some people have given that theory that Mahaprabhu changed it to make it more accessible to people because Upanishadic mantras are not for everyone. But actually, this is Nam Mantra, and there are no rules for chanting the Nam, the name. And for chanting other mantras, like your Diksha Mantra, there are rules. You have to be clean, you have to do it at certain times, count a certain number, and so forth. But for Nam, there's, there's no such rules. Any other question? Well, you've been a patient audience. I know I talked for a long time, so forgive me for being long-winded. Why don't we, uh, we, we stop and take some prasad, and then uh, we, can, we can chat some more. First, we have kirtan. Hari Harai Namakrishna, and then we'll serve prasad.